0: Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. So glad you're here today. It's happy Sunday. So I want to ask you a question. How many of you have heard of the coronavirus? How many of you have heard of it? Right, right, right. I love how y'all spaced out. That's really cool. If someone, if someone coughs, coughs, we have a hazmat suit. Somebody's going to come in and they're going to fog you down. I'm telling you. All right. How many of you, is there anybody here? You have zero rolls of toilet paper in your home. Anybody at all? Anybody, y'all, lift lift your hand. Because if you lift your hand, I'm keeping this. It's mine, okay? That's all I can tell you. I've never seen such hysteria, but also we need to have valid concern. Y'all agree with that? But so let me ask this question. How many of you, you're for the coronavirus? Raise your hand and say, I'm all for it. Nobody is. You know, nobody's for the coronavirus. We're not for the flu. We're not for colds. We're not for cancer. We're not for pain we're not for anguish we're not for any of that stuff are we but when you think about the measure of what is taking place and what is going on in our world today i'm so glad that we're starting this series so we can understand what we are for that it were, we're for none of the things that i mentioned we're against those things but we're going to talk about today in the next few weeks what we're for we're starting a brand new series called four say four so um When we, God gave um, me the vision and Shannon and I together, we read Purpose Driven Church, the first book that Rick Warren had written, and God put it on our hearts to start Freedom Church. And what we wanted to do was to have a church, and God gave me this vision that we could have a church where that church people would have a church where church people go that unchurched people would want to go to. Does that make sense? People that's far from God, people that don't, may have had an experience with God when they were young or used to go to church, the church, church. That's what we wanted to do. And so from the birth of our church was March 3rd, 2002, uh, I wanted to have this church to where people would want to come whether they knew God or not. So in 2004, we met in high school and was setting up and tearing down each week there in the auditorium. Uh, then uh, in 2004, we purchased this land, 15 acres of land here, and since then we've had three different building phases. Thank you to those of you that have been a part of that and giving to that. Uh, but what we wanted to do was to have a church where we were real, everything was relevant, but yet we were relational with people, no matter where they're at, they were at and their move toward God and living for God. It all come from a vision. And I love what this first verse says here that I want to share with you from the Passion Translation in Proverbs 29 and 18. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision. Did you hear that? Clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. The New Living Translation in the last part of that verse says people run wild. And so when you think about people going astray, astray, it's so true because people can't focus. See, without a vision, you lack direction. And without direction, there are no goals. And where there are no goals, when you aim at no goals, you're going to hit it every single time. So God has clearly given a vision for Freedom Church to be able to move forward in this vision. And we want the the vision that God gave to become reality, but it's all about staying with the why. Did you hear me? Staying with the why. A few years ago, Simon Sinek, a great leader and author and speaker, he had a talk that he had a TED talk. It's very famous. He did called "Start with Why," and in that talk, he defines uh, basically the why, the how, and the what. And when you think about it from that perspective, and we look at it from the perspective of the church, you can start with the why, okay? But for a church, we want to be people that are staying with the why. And you say, what are you talking about here? Well, I'm going to try my best to illustrate this. When you look at thinking about this, I'm going to look at it from this perspective, okay? All right? Everybody, whether it's a business, whether it's an organization, whether it's a church or whatever, we all have this why going on. This the why of what we do. Then it's about the how, okay? And then we talk about the what, okay? See. You always start out with a why, but as you go, you got to work from the inside out, not the outside in. It's really easy for an organization or a church to know what to do. They even can know how to do it. But if you get away from the why as you go in, it becomes very unclear. It's not, for us as a church, it's not a clear prophetic vision if we get caught up in what we're doing and how we're doing it. And if we, we forget the why of what we're doing. Does that make sense? But for a church, we take it one step further. Our why is all about connecting ourselves to who. See? It's about who we're reaching and why we're reaching them. We can do all kinds of different hows and whats which will change. And understand when you think about the how and what of why we do what we do, you always connect the why with the who. Sometimes what we do will change. Sometimes how we do it will change. It's not, it's, always remember this This here, and I remember this, uh, it was taught this years ago, so I can't give credit to who it was. Principles are many, methods are few. Principles always change, but methods never do. I mean, message, the message never... Never does change. You understand what I'm saying? Methods and the message. And if we're not careful, what churches today and 350,000 plus churches in the U.S., they get caught up in the how and what of methods. So if we're not careful as a church, we can focus more on the mess, on the methods than we do the message. Are you following what I'm saying? And some churches have gotten to the point because I've been, I've talked to the leaders and different ones that I've known, and their methods have become their message. You follow me on that? They get caught up in the how and the what, and they miss the why and the who they're trying to do it for and trying to reach. Do you follow me? Track with me. Say yes. That's what we're talking about. So, when we look at this together, uh, starting with the why isn't the hardest part. It's staying with the why is the hardest part. But it's all the why is always about the who. They're connected together. They're inseparable for us as a church. That is true when you think about the why and its being and staying with it. That is so true. It's hard to stay with it, whether you're a church, a business organization, as an individual. Okay? So, today, we're going to talk about who we're for, and we're going to talk about how we're trying to stay with the why in our church family. If we don't stay with our why, we'll end up overlooking who. And we don't want that to happen. See, the main thing is keeping the main thing the main thing. You follow me on that? The main thing is keeping the main thing the main thing. The main thing is is being able to understand whether you're an organization. Organizations are kind of like people. They have a tendency to drift from the main thing, and we don't want to do that. My responsibility as leading our church is to lead from this vision, and we keep the main thing the main thing. Can anyone here recite why Freedom Church exists? Real quickly, recite it. Reach people to know God. So many of you say I can't give you a gift card because I, I, I couldn't reach all of you. That's cool. We're here to reach people to know God. That is our why. And in that statement, we know who. You understand? That is the why and the who. Say why and who. Why? Yes, don't get caught up in the who. That's a, that's a great group, but not that who, okay? So, with that being said, Freedom Church exists to reach people to know God. That's been my heart. That's what God put me on my heart, that clear prophetic vision from the time that we started Freedom Church. And you think about the the Great Commission. It was the last thing Jesus said in Matthew 28 there, 18 through 20, before he went to the cross. And anytime someone recites something at the end of their life before they're gonna die, that's an important statement. Are you with me on that? So what's in that statement when you read that to him talking about going into all the world he says to go, he says to baptize, and he says to teach. Those are three participles of the Great Commission. You follow me on that? Say yes. Go, that means go, and we evangelize, and we reach people to know God. They give their life to Christ, we baptize them. Then we continue a teaching time through their life to help them to become disciples of Jesus. Freedom Church is not about drawing a crowd, okay? If we were about drawing a crowd, every seat in here would be full, right? Right? But understanding that we're about to be able to go, baptize, and teach. I love what Elmer Towns says. He says, win them, wet them, and work them. Okay? Right? That's what he says. And if you don't know who, who, who Elmer Towns is, look him up. He's still an amazing, amazing man. But when you think about accomplishing being able, our existence to reach people to know God, we have our high five values. First and foremost, it's everyone reaching. That's what we do. We're reaching. Okay, if somebody will stand up here, I'll do that again, and I'll sprinkle you like a Methodist. But anyway, (laughs) our high five A's, everyone reaching. We believe in loving God through Jesus. That's what we believe. And we believe in reaching out to others so they can have what we've already found and what we found in Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The second one is everyone growing. Once you reach up and you find them, okay, and you find Christ yourself, and then you're reaching out horizontally to catch other people and be able to let them know about the love of Jesus, then we all want to grow in Jesus. And we do that through we believe in learning to become like Jesus Christ. Okay, that's where the third one is. Everyone serving. We, you have been gifted of God, and we believe that everything that we have belongs to God. And you cannot, and as a person there, uh, you cannot outgive God. I, I think I've got them mixed up there, but that's, I've got them transposed there. But we believe in becoming like Jesus to be able to serve like Him. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give himself, give His life a ransom for many. And then the, the fourth one is everyone giving. We believe you can't outgive God. You just can't. It's all His. How many of you agree and raise your hand? Everything we have is His. Raise your hand. It's all His. He just asked right part back so we as a church can do ministry and fulfill the mission and existence of reaching people to know God. And, of course, the last one is everyone connecting. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. So, to do that— We have to stay with our why, and we implement that leadership principle, which is a very, very, very important leadership principle. It's great for business. It's great for a nonprofit. It's great for the government. It's great for education and on and on. It's simple, but it's a powerful principle. Leaders are repeaters. That's what they are. Leaders repeat. You say, what do you mean? leaders as a leader whether in a company or as a church we stay on message we repeat it over and over and over and over again and when you get sick of saying it they're just now beginning to get it we stay on the main thing and we keep the main thing the main thing it takes a while for the vision to be able to stick but it takes longer to be able to stay on the why and, and stay focused within that. How many, how many of you here have parent, your parents and you have kids at home right now? Raise your hand. You got kids at home. Think about this. How often have you said, how long am I going to need to say this? You understand what I'm saying? You need to do your homework. You need to make your bed. You need to clean up your room. That's the same thing with wives. How many times do you tell your husbands? How many times do I have to say this? Pick up your underwear, right? Don't leave your boots at the door. You're tracking through the house. How many times do I need to say this? How about those of you here that you're, maybe it's a, you're a supervisor or an employee or you're a teacher or you're just simply a friend. You might wonder how often do I need to say this so that it sticks? You know, speaking of sticking, I'll never forget this. My, my best childhood friend I grew up with, he didn't live a far from me. So I would go to his house. I would walk to his house. It's probably about a mile and a half, two miles to get there. And I would go over there and I probably slipped my, at that era of time from when I was about 12 till I was about 15, 16, I probably ate at their house more than I ate at my house. And man, his mom was a great cook, just good old country cooking and all that kind of stuff. And we would eat in the living room, and it was okay, but some I would—I had a habit of setting my plate on the coffee table, and I would get up and go about my business. And my friend would tell me, hey, you need to take a plate to the so mom don't have to get it. You need to take the plate and put it in the sink. Well, in my knucklehead, I would forget. And I'd done that over and over and over again. And finally, he says— Come back and get your plate one particular time. And I said, I ain't doing it. And I said, you pick it up. Told my buddy that. He threw a fork at me. I'm not kidding you. And it was just like a javelin. That thing stuck in my arm and dangled. I never forgot after that to pick my plate up and take it to the sink. That was a vision that became reality because it literally stuck with me. So, listen, if a message, listen to me. If a message is worth implementing, it's worth repeating you follow me on that see here's a great business example how many of you here uh you love eating at chick-fil-a like chick-fil-a food raise your hand well what do they say when you either go in and order your order or you drive through the drive through what do they say when you tell them thank you what is their response two words wow you guys are good well have you ever thought about my pleasure and how that happened did you know that the late Truett Cathy is the is the founder of Chick-fil-A? And many years ago, what he had done, he had known about this possible thing they always say you're welcome and all that kind of stuff so what he did in a national convention he threw out this vision that he wanted his and was telling all the franchises and all the staff and all the team members he threw out this vision that he wanted them when someone said thank you in all of his chick-fil-a stores he wanted the, the team members to respond with my pleasure Okay, With well, that being said, after he implements this, to his surprise, he starts going and visiting the stores. And when he would say, thank you, they would say, you're welcome. Well, instead of him getting angry about this, he began to say it over and over and over and over again till finally it stuck to where they would say my pleasure. And they say, according to what I read, that it took about five years for this my pleasure to stick. The next time you hear my pleasure, you'll know the backstory to that. So here's here's what's so important. We have to stay with the why. Now, Let's look at shrinking in the gap. And what I'm saying by that is, to help us to be able to stay on the why, I want us to remind us something with a question. What do we want to be known for? in particular talking about Freedom Church. Now, this question is good for any organization, any business. It's a great question to ask your team members if you're a supervisor. It's a great question for you to be able to ask someone far as your customers. If you have a customer base, ask them what, do, you know, what are we known for to see if their experience is a wonderful experience. You can ask that kind of question. It is a good question to ask yourself as an individual. But today I'm talking in particular, we ask the question, what do we want to be known for as a church? So let's take the church in general. Now, now, we want to look and we want to think from the perspective of someone who does not attend church. How many of you know someone who does not attend church? Raise your hand. Yes, all over the auditorium, we know someone. And so what would be their answer to the following statement if they're an unchurched person? Many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. Would you agree with that statement? Would you raise your hand and say, I agree with that statement? Yes. So, if if it's true, no wonder so many people don't want to attend church today. So, when you think about that, church isn't for them because church isn't for them. Do you follow that statement? church isn't for them they don't want to come because they don't think the church is for them think about this think about this guy here on the couch okay now they're going to throw up a picture here and it's going to be a great example and uh In just a moment, they will. But anyway, (laughs) with that being said, uh, they're going to throw up a picture. And when they do, I I just want to use this as an example of this guy on the couch. But anyway, church, this guy right here, how many of you would agree with me that church is not on that? You can put that back up there if you don't mind and leave it up there. Okay. This guy right here, how many of you agree with me that church is not on this guy's radar? How many of you agree with that? He has no intention. He don't wanna to come to church. He's not thinking about church. He's not thinking about that church is even an option for Sunday. So our church is to be the the type of church that we want to reach this guy right here to be able to know our great God. Thank you guys. But here's what I want you to understand: It is not about church attendance. It is about we as a church fulfilling the calling of our church that we fulfill that vision and that existence to reach people to know God. So how what do we do? Our our role is to shrink that gap between that guy who was on the couch and our church so the question goes back to this how do we do this we want to create a church and we're working hard but we've got to get better that this guy would love to attend and not just that guy but every man woman couple single students children everyone say everyone we want everyone. Did you know that the early church had this discussion? In Acts chapter 15 is what you would call the first business meeting in the Bible. How many of you have ever been in a church business meeting? Raise your hand. How many of you enjoyed the fights in church business meetings? I did. Until I figured out that that wasn't healthy for the body of Christ. Right? So, when you look at Acts 15... What was happening in this situation right here? I'm gonna read the first verse and it will spell it out for you in Acts 1 and 15. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. How many of you think guys in our communities not circumcised would show up here and we can circumcise them? I'm just being honest, because that's what they were saying. They were saying that they had to be circumcised, which it lined up with the law of Moses, right? You follow me on that? You tracking with me? And so when you look at this situation, the question is this, should Gentiles obey the law of Moses in order to be saved by Jesus Christ? That was the question. And so it was a very critical time for the early church in our history, because when you look at what they were doing here, it's such a big deal. And you say, why was it such a big deal? Because of the great success of the Gentile churches that were not circumcised individuals. Okay, look at verse, th- verse 5 here in Acts 15. And I'm just going through this very quickly. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. See, the Jerusalem church was being led by Pharisees that had been converted and had been saved by Jesus Christ. And where they were at, they preferred a legalistic religion over Over one that says that you can be saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. So if we're not careful today, there can be a little bit of Pharisee in every single person in our church. You say, What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I can tell you, if we're not careful, We as a church will make the mistake of upholding traditions, upholding structure, and upholding some legal requirement in order for them to be a part. And that could push them away from finding faith in Jesus alone. We need to make sure, listen to me closely, we need to make sure that the gospel brings freedom and life and that the gospel does not bring rigid rules into our church for those we're trying to reach. Are you with me, church? We need freedom in life, not a bunch of legalistic rules over the relationship with Jesus Christ. So here in this, we see Barnabas and and, and, and Paul at this time. Here they were. They were told about, they were telling their story in this about how that God had made a difference in between uh, what was happening in the lives of the Gentiles. They also told them that God was not seeing any different Paul and Barnabas being Jews and how that they were seeing the Gentiles. That the Gentiles were experiencing miraculous things and the Gentiles were being saved through the undeserved grace of Jesus Christ. Look at verses 13 through 15 in Acts 15. When they had finished, James stood up. James was the stepbrother of Jesus. He didn't believe Jesus, his brother. They both had, they both had the, the same uh, mother, but we know that God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, was, of course, Jesus' father. But understanding he grew up with him, he didn't believe, James didn't believe that, G, that his brother there that he grew up with had, was the Messiah until after he had came out of the grave and came back to life. It's amazing. So here he stands up, and when he does, it's almost like E.F. Hutton. This is what we're looking at, okay? He says, brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted as it is written. Now, when he goes on to quote here, he quotes from the Old Testament in Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. You can read it at a later time. Maybe read the whole story this way. But here is the verse we want to focus on that changed the course of history for Gentiles. Verse 19 says, And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Now you can read about the resolve that they came to there and what they decided upon, that they agreed upon. But let's go back to the guy on the couch. What it, what we've been called to do is to never make it difficult for like the guy on the couch to be able to come to Jesus Christ, to be able to come to church. But again, it's about how do you do this? How do we create a church that this guy on the couch is going to love to tend? Check the guy out again. Now, I want to I put the picture back up here. This is a good depiction when they put this picture up here of where a lot of people in America are today. They have no care about the church. And when you look at this guy and leave it up there just for me, I want you to think about this and uh in understanding this person how do you connect with this person who has absolutely no interest he may have already said no to the church he may have already said no to jesus christ so it goes back to the question what do we want to be known for we are for sumner say for sumner now say it again for sumner Now, how many of you remember several weeks ago that we did a demographic study in our church? How many of you remember that? I asked you to write down your age, and I asked you to write down the city from which you live. This is how that we came up with this. We prayed about this, and this is why it is so important. I want to share this with you. Did you know this, that out of 479 responses, okay, that the median age of our church is 44, did you know that 91% of this church, 91% of the people in our church, come from Sumner County okay 8% from other counties 1% from out of state so the total of this 78% came from Gallatin Portland and Hendersonville did you know that Gallatin alone here how much percentage from Gallatin comes to our church 49% that means 51% Of the people come from outside Gallatin. So I wanted you to know that. And so that's why it's so important that we understand that we are for Sumner County. Sumner County, say for Sumner. We're for the schools, we're for the businesses, we're for the adults, we're for the students, we're for the children, we're for the people. And that is the very thing that we're going to do and we're going to go after because God is for them. Freedom Church is going to be for them. Are you with me, church? All right, all right. I want us to make sure that we understand this completely. So today we're launching a movement called For Sumner. And we're going to, there's three things we're going to do in this. There's three ways we're going to go about this to be able to reach that guy on the couch and everyone in Sumner County that may be on a couch and has no care for a church or God. First and foremost, we want to be able to create common ground. And you're thinking, what do you mean common ground? For many people who don't go to church, they think that that they have nothing in common with us that go to church. They think, man, I have nothing in common with those religious people. That's what goes on in their mind. I have nothing in common with them. And as a result, there is a perception, which is not reality, that they think that we don't share anything in common whatsoever. And it could be nothing further from the truth. So, the ways that we have served this community, we have went out since the inception and birth of this church. And we have went everywhere doing everything. So many things that I I can't even begin to tell you of the things that we've done outside these walls to be able to create common ground with people. And we live here too. Right here is what's so amazing that I am so thankful for this. But this is a 2020 Freedom Church outreach schedule. This is January through... December. It is all kinds of things to do. And I want to thank and I want you to give some love to Steve and Sharon Laviola and their team and all of you that do outreach. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give them some love. I love them so much, and they're giving a vision to what we're doing. But this is done in a mass format. This right here is done as groups. We're talking about doing this, but as well as an individual. You want to be able to create common ground with people in our community. And how many of you here want our community to be great? Raise your hand. You want our community to be great. Top-notch. Every one of us do, right? So when you think about that, our community is, when we look at it, what do we have in common with our community? We can create common ground commonality with the people in this community when we see them we can tell them say "Ah, we want this to be a great place where we don't you want this to be a great place where we live they're gonna say yeah i do too don't you want us to have great schools here in our community in summer county yes they do yes we do too don't you want this to be a great place for your business to thrive and to be able to stay in the black and enjoy prosperity yes we do too So when you begin to think about it from those measures, we want to tell them, we want to have clean parks. We want to be able to have a clean community. And so people can be served, and that's what we do. See, for for how much common ground we have in common, we don't really think about it, do we? We want the same things. We want that commonality with our community. And far too long, the church has either had, listen to me, conflicting relationships or non relationships with people who don't go to church, so we want common ground with them. But also, we want to be able to create conversations. See, that's why we're launch- launching this Sumner movement. It's to be able to have conversations, and we do that by creating opportunities for people to ask us about for Sumner. And to do this, I want to ask all of you here to be able to participate. And it's not something we're just doing for a couple of weeks and then we're going to move on. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I want to ask you to pay it backwards. You say, oh, wait a minute. You got that backwards, Pastor. It should be pay it forward. No, no, no. I want you to pay it backwards. What I want to ask you to do today is you're going to get two things. We want to give you this t-shirt. It says we're for Sumner. If you don't like the t-shirt, you don't have to get it, but it's yours for the taking. But here's what's cool about it. Look here. It's got every city in this county on it. I love it. Thank you, whoever designed it. I don't know who designed it. anyways. It's pretty cool. (laughs) But anyway. What we want to do is we want to give you these tickets to keep with you always. Now, you do have your invite cards, and do, but when you, for instance, you pull through Starbucks, you get a coffee. Pay for the coffee behind you. Think about this. Pay for the coffee behind it and say, here, give it to them. That's all you do. It says, for Sumner, it says Freedom Church, it's it. You're going to create curiosity. And so whether you do that or you pay for somebody's meal, or maybe you go up and you go to Aldi and you got a quarter there. I leave my quarters in the cart. Just stick stick a card in there with a quarter still in the cart. You be creative about what you want to do. But when people that do not have anything to do with God and do not have anything to do with the church see this, you know what they're going to do? They're going to become Raven fans because you're for them. You love them. You're expressing it to them. Does that, does that track? Is, I mean, are y'all tracking with me on this? It's very important that we understand that. So consider spreading this message, and it will create conversations with people. And it's not going to be a small thing when you pay for somebody's coffee or meal or, or go through over here in the wash and tell the person that's always standing there trying to get you to upgrade to the monthly thing and say, pay for the wash behind me, okay? Whatever it is. But you be creative in that. But this is how you create conversations. This is how you create common ground. But this comes the God part. The God part is that he will take the common ground, he will take the, the conversations that begins to be created, and then God will create connections. You say, what do you mean by that? God can take these moments. God can take these things that we all do. And God can take these conversations and he begins to shrink the gap between the people out here in our community and in our county and his church. He can shrink the gap between those who are lost and need Jesus and himself. And that's what we're trying to accomplish in this what i'm asking you to do is to help what i'm asking you to do is to create this common ground with people in our community you create the conversations and then you pray for god to be able to create those connections and being able to get them to him for far too long the church has been known what we're against we should be known what we are for would you agree with that church it all goes back to acts 15. so here's a question for every church that they should consider: every church. If our church went out of business, would the community even notice? Don't you to think about this question? I think they're going to put this question up on the screen, or, but if they don't, um, If our church closed its doors, if our church went out of business, would the community even notice? See, when a church is for the community, when a church is for the people, and we deeply desire to introduce them to the love of Jesus, that's what's going to make all the difference. They become a community partner in a very beautiful way. So I'm asking you, church, will you help me? Because I don't want to see anyone perish and not live eternity with Jesus who died for them. Do you? How many of you know somebody in your life you wish so bad that they knew Jesus right now in their heart? Raise your hand. Raise your hand all over the auditorium. All of us do. And so this is what it's about, loving on them. So please help me show Sumner County that we are for them. You know why? Because God's for them. And that's what makes all the difference. See, here's what I know about you that love Jesus today. And I'm gonna tell you, I wrestled as to whether we would meet like this, this Sunday, today. I wrestled with that. And I asked God like Gideon did for a sign and he didn't give me a sign, so we're here. You know, I don't know, each day could be different be in touch with you. But here's what I know, is God's people. If God's for us, who can be against us? And when we're for the people and God's for the people, that's what makes all the difference. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, I love this in the message. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his what? What's that word? Work. And do what? And what's that next word? Speak out for him. To tell others the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. See, this isn't a new message that we're talking about. It was a message of the church in Acts 15. It's been the message of Freedom Church from our very birth on March 3rd 2002 and what we're trying to do is just rally around the word for to communicate it in this way and this is our why and the people of Sumner County is who we're for and my role and honor and humbled to be your pastor is to help us to keep staying on the why say, so why do we stay on the why Because our why is Jesus Christ, and he is for everyone, and he proved it on the cross. And this is why we do what we do. Once again, look at Acts 15 and 19. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Would you please stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to praise you today and thank you for this day. I want to thank you for everyone assembled in this auditorium that's our church family. I want to thank you for everyone that's watching online that's our church family. God, we want to thank you for everyone that's not a part of our church family, that we are for them because, God, you are for them. And that we love them, and God, you loved them and proved your love for them on the cross. Thank you for that, Jesus. God, I pray that every one of us will take this very serious, that this is just not about growing a church and having a bigger church, but it is about a calling that people know that we're for them, and most of all, you're for them so use us i pray heavenly father that we will create common ground with those in our circles of lives everywhere we go that we will create conversations by going out and doing creative things for others and just kind of pay it backwards god and love on them god so those conversations will be created But God, when we're able to do those things with common ground, Father, and with conversations, we pray that you will take and do your part, God, that only you can do to create connections with your Son, Jesus Christ. That is our heart's desire. Use us for your glory. Maybe you're here today and you've been in just total shock as we continue praying. You've just been in fear and you just showed up here today. Thank you for showing up. Thank you so much. Maybe your heart is hurting and you don't understand what's taking place in our world with the craziness of what's gone on with this coronavirus and different things, and you're living in fear. Here's what I want to tell you. If Jesus Christ can take away the disease of sin, Jesus Christ can take away a disease and a virus called coronavirus. He can take away all that stuff. He can give you a peace beyond what you can ever imagine, even in the greatest turmoil of times that we're living in. So right now, if you're watching online or you are in this auditorium, I want to ask you to pray to God if you've never asked his son to be the Lord of your life, I want to ask you to pray right where you're at. Just call upon his name where you're at and say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life today, into my heart. Tell him, say, I realize, God, today that you are for me. Your son is for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and rising to give me your love, grace, and forgiveness. Tell them, say, Lord, I believe in you, so I asked you to forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you. I asked you to save me, my whole heart and life. Now, if you've prayed this and you meant this from the depths of your soul at this moment and know that he's going to come in and sweep away the fear, the anguish, and he's going to fill you with love and purpose and peace and joy and forgiveness. So just thank him right where you're at today. Thank him for that. And what I want to ask you to do, if you've given your life to Christ and you're online right now, please, if you're on the app, please, everyone on the app, fill out the connection card. But most of all, if you gave your life to Christ and you're watching online from anywhere in this big world, let us know that, that you gave your life to Christ. We will follow up with you. Those of you here here in the auditorium, be sure to take the card out of the seat back. Fill that out and let us know you gave your life to Christ. So important. So important. We love you, Lord, and we praise you and thank you, Lord, that you are for us. May we be for Sumner, and may we see you do great things as we create common ground conversations and watch you create the connections. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Let's give our great God a hand because he's a good God. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, What next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at FreedomChurchTN. We love you. Have a blessed week.